Welcome back to another episode of the Strategic Whimsy Experiment. Today we are in the aftermath of the first annual Oscar ra- wager, not rager, although I guess it was <laughs> rager. Um, so we are going to be reviewing Anomalisa today because I couldn't think of another opportunity to get Sarah to watch this strange film without the Oscar wager win. So. Sarah, do you want to kick us off with an IMDb summary of Anomalisa? Yes. A man crippled by the mundanity of his life experiences something out of the ordinary. (laughs) That's so tastefully vague. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think what people would probably try and guess the out of the ordinary thing is not what actually happens. Yeah, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... What is your summary of Anomalisa in Sweet Tradition? My summary is claymation sex scene. Oh my gosh. I, <laughs> yes, I, that is going to be one of our topics <laughs> tonight. Um, mine is a story about what it means to be human without a single human. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> We're on different sides of the spectrum and in, in vibe of our... <laughs> summaries for this movie (laughs) we sure are so i am super curious to hear what your initial thoughts of anomalisa are uh i think i mentioned this at the end of our oscar reactions episode but it's 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 gonna be either a hit or a miss and you'll either love it or you hate it so i am curious although last time i said that was about hunt for the wilder people and I think you are eh about it in the middle. So who knows? I'm prepared for any any type of reaction from you. See, I had forgotten about Hunt for the Wilder People. Because um, I knew you had there were more movies that you had made me watch mm-hmm. that uh, you said I was either going to love or hate. And um, this is very much in keeping with those other ones. <gasps> uh, okay. I don't know how I feel about this film. Um, I, yep, I, I don't know. I, my, (laughs) my, uh, summary of how I feel about it is zoo-sized confusion. Um, (laughs) I, the whole time I was watching, um, my brow was furrowed. I was just trying to figure out what in the whole hell Jen was making me watch, um i was like is this like payback for mother like i feel like this is payback i'm not gonna make you watch a movie like that again um yeah it was just it was confusion and i just i walked away just asking the question why Mm. why does this exist why did they use claymation why did people fund this on kickstarter like i just i have all of the questions and i i just i I don't get it. I don't understand. I appreciate the technical feat. I did not enjoy watching the movie. And I just, I don't get it. I, <laughs> I, I don't get it. And see, that reaction always intrigues me so much when you you don't feel in either direction, but you also mm-hmm. don't feel neutral. Yeah. And I'm, I would love to unpack it, so... Um, my initial thoughts of the film, well, I, this is my second time viewing it and I, I really loved this film when I first watched it. You're 
I can totally see and understand why it feels why you're in that state of like, okay, what what did I just experience? Because it is a strange, strange film. It's simultaneously incredibly eerie and unsettling while also having these really um, intriguing moments of of clarity in what it, it what it means to be a human being in modern times, which I, th- I found really, really fascinating. The way they chose to communicate that through one, it being claymation, and two, with the voices was really fascinating to me. I just it, it was a film that I had never seen anything like it before, and I felt like had a lot to say that was very on point. So I loved it. It's weird. It's super weird. I had a friend um, watch it. I've only known one other person other than you that have seen this movie, and they were <laughs> like, I don't what, – what? What was what was that, Jen? I don't get it. <laughs> um, so you're in good company. It is a strange, weird little film. And normally I like weird films. So like <laughs> I thought that this would be like up my alley. I'm like, oh yeah, hell yeah. Like take some weird like medium and make a whole film out of it. Like, okay, yeah, I'm down for that. And um, nope, <laughs> just confused. Okay, so let's unpack... Your confusion. I, my, just why? <laughs> I just, I didn't understand this movie <laughs> at all. Like, it, I, I was trying to, like, form my thoughts after it ended. And I just, I just sat there, like, furiously Googling and, like, trying to, like, research the film. Just asking why. <laughs> why was this their choice? So. Why do people love this? Were there other, have there been other films where you have left feeling similarly probably i just can't think of because any i want to put top of my head. all of those data points into a bucket together and then find what the themes are or the if there, if there is a common thread like all of these strange little films that have somehow been able to make sarah callan feel some sort of way is intriguing to me can't think of any off the top of my head. Tully, maybe, but I think that's probably a little bit different. Yeah, and with Tully, like, um, Tully was more of me just feeling awkward the entire time. And then the more <laughs> that we discussed it, the more that I grew to appreciate it and, like, what it had to say. Um... Yeah, I, I knew that that had a very clear point and purpose, and I was glad mm-hmm. that it existed, even though it didn't resonate with me and made me feel ugh, gross. I'm currently scrolling through my oh, letterbox okay. to try and see if there's any others that made me go, why? And, um, <laughs> Maybe so Patterson? Patterson... Lord Jesus, I just don't understand poetry. I don't get it. <laughs> I will never get it. Um, so how about if I talk a little bit about what, what I took away from the film? Yes. And then you can see if any of that resonates or or not. 
Or if you're like, I could see that. I didn't take that away, but I could see that. I could at least see that. <laughs> so the thing that I really appreciate and loved about this film the first time that I watched it and, and now as well is that it's a perfect example of two lost, broken people trying to figure out how to connect with each other. And I think the loneliness that Michael expresses throughout the film is is so common and accurate to modern life today um, where we are in cities and walking by hundreds of thousands of people sometimes and can still feel so isolated the way that he does. Um, he says in his like speech at the end, he's like, I just, I have no one to talk to. And I think that feeling of isolation is definitely on the rise. Um, but the, the relationship that Michael and Lisa have is so warped in so many ways. I mean, there's this strange um, connection that they seem to have, but it's not built on anything. And the combination of his self-centeredness with her lack of confidence is just like this absolute train wreck that is just waiting to um, waiting to hit the end of its track. And I think that the the way that the the film was able to communicate that through, uh, all of the voices around Michael f coming from the same person and that feeling of isolation that they communicated in that way was really creative and interesting. Um, and so when you hear, when he hears, and you as a viewer hear Lisa's voice for the first time, it is a breath of fresh air. And there is something that draws you to her brightness and her warmth and her expressiveness, like that spark you can understand. Um, as you get to know her more, you see that there is a lot of turmoil and um, just a, a, a total lack of self confidence that is ends up being destructive for her because she like is so ready and willing to be in this relationship with this this man that she's just met. Um, but I I think the the thing that landed really really effectively for me is in the last couple of minutes of the film when her voice when they're eating breakfast the next morning slowly begins to turn into that same monotone voice um was just i've i thought that was really powerful because they are connecting on a an incredibly like cheap intimate level and so of course that will fade and the film's ability to communicate that i thought was really really fascinating so um I think that ache and that desperation and that desire to be alive and to feel something and to connect is very universal. Um, you just kind of see it through this guy's lens who is twisted and warped and incredibly, incredibly self-centered. So that those were my takeaways and what I felt like the, the film communicated to me. Well... I can see that now. Um, I think that I was so focused on all of the elements because that's just, that's how I watch movies. Like I'm mm -hmm. not 
immersive in the feeling and the story itself. I'm, I'm looking at the components and I'm looking at it analytically first. I couldn't get to that point because I was so confused by all of the creative choices. Mm, interesting. I, yeah, I didn't understand why they chose claymation as the medium to express this. I didn't understand why there was one voice and one face for everybody else. Like I was I was so like focused on all of the elements and they felt um they almost seemed like disjointed to me. Like for me, like the claymation took away from it. It took me out of the story. So I wasn't able to experience it really. And like attempt to connect with the characters because I was so focused on why are you telling the story in this medium? Mm -hmm. And I'm probably like the one weirdo that would do that. But I was, I was very thrown off by it, even though I was impressed by the, creative and technical like skills that it took to make it like I was I was constantly just in awe of what they were able to do but I was also just wholly confused by it at the same time um I also didn't like any of the characters so I really didn't care what happened to any of them so I was just in like a that's a weird state of being yeah it was just there 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 wasn't a lot like within the within like the story itself to like redeem it for me to make me I guess invest in a more emotional level mm-hmm. um I do like the concept um kind of of what you're talking about of like we can so easily go through our lives and everybody kind of like fades into the background, kind of like Charlie Brown's teacher, just like wah, 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 wah. And it's all this same monotonous thing. Um, and so I, I, but I didn't feel like that was what it was about. Like I, I, I couldn't really tell what this film was trying to communicate. Um, because I think like had it been about like pursuing a connection, I would have, I don't know, maybe I would have wanted like a more traditional um, like plot structure and have there be like a payoff or like a lesson learned or something or, you know, or he has the opportunity to learn the lesson and then he like rejects it or something like that as opposed to just like following this guy through his escapade (laughs) while he's Mm -hmm. in Cincinnati for one night. Like, it just, I don't know. I didn't. Again, it didn't like, land I just, for you. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't understand it. I didn't understand what it was trying to communicate. I didn't get any creative choice. Like I was just mm-hmm. oh, so confused. That's interesting because the claymation, I think works really effectively for the point that the film's trying to make in my experience with it, because it's not because the, the, the film is trying to communicate this premise of like, what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be alive? And what does it mean to connect? And to see that not through the lens of human beings is makes it really fascinating. There's also just a lot of like um, choices that the film makes around the voices and things like that that just wouldn't, I don't think would have worked w- with real humans. Um, but it's kind of this like zoomed out meta point around like, we are making these these clay figures 
human and making them feel, but like how much are we too doing the same thing with ourselves, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So there's like an interesting meta point that that I think is, it worked well for me. What's um what's interesting to me, like while I was like researching this, is it started out as a sound play and it was just those three actors sitting behind a desk on a stage and an orchestra, basically. And they did this whole thing to a theater with just sound. And when I read that, I was like, okay, that intrigues me. I think like I could potentially be down for the story told like that, but I was so thrown off by the claymation. I couldn't appreciate it as much. Mm. And maybe it's just because like, I was so focused on that the first time. If I were by some miracle to watch this film again, Mm -hmm. I might actually take something from it. Um, but yeah, that idea of like a sound play with this was very fascinating to me. I was like, hmm, how would have I how would I have reacted to that if that was the first way that I heard the story instead of this way? Yeah, and a lot of our conversation is reminding me a lot of the the discussion we had about 1917. Um, a lot of the same points and, and echoes I think are 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 being made around uh like the the actual craft of the filmmaking for you was distracting from the story whereas Mm -hmm. for me it worked well and served the story and i'm and like for both of us for 1917 it didn't land um but there's the rest of the other half of the population where it worked really well um i've heard a lot a lot of people talk about how it felt more immersive and more intimate by having it be one shot because you had to be with this character and experience everything with him and through his lens. So it's it's fascinating to see a a big creative choice taken from the actual technical filmmaking actually have a pretty strong influence and divisive influence on whether that, that works for the audience or it, it takes away from the actual storyline. Yeah, you're right. Like every every choice when it comes to a film is like is so strategic and yeah it can influence the story in so many more ways than maybe even you realize at the outset Mm -hmm. and I think especially for those bolder filmmaking choices Mm -hmm. that are more obvious and a lot harder to miss it either works really well for people or it doesn't and there's kind of oh much less leeway for you to just kind of feel like you're in the middle. Like 1917, one way or another, either cinematography was awesome and you loved it and it served the story so well and you felt like you connected with uh, George McKay's character or it's like I, you and I couldn't get our brains off of it for the first 20, 30 minutes and then by then it's just you're not connected to the character anymore. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. Like I've, <laughs> I was even like after watching Anomaly. So like I went through and I was reading people's reviews of it who loved it because I was just like, explain to me, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And there were there were so many people that like raved about it or hated it, and there were very few people middle. in the middle. Yeah, 
which as a as an artist you would almost rather your your art oh yes like volatile in that way and divisive in that way versus it being received in a really lukewarm way so i guess that's like success for anomalisa Um, yeah whether you love or you love it or you hate it you're not gonna forget it anytime soon oh yeah like mother same thing yes (laughs) i know people that hated that movie and felt kind of like it was unfair to put someone through that because they're the the payoff didn't work for them um i'm sorry jen (laughs) and others that absolutely loved it so oh was i talking about me i don't think i was talking about me (laughs) are you still a little traumatized from mother (laughs) yeah we're one for one okay (laughs) but this is this is why it's fascinating um they're to, to present a film to someone and have li- literally no idea if it's going to be a, a resounding, oh my gosh, this is amazing, or a what the hell did you just make me sit through, <laughs> is an exciting experience in and of itself. Um, there are some movies where I'm like, well, you know, she might be like, eh, it's fine. It was good. It was decent. It was solid. Okay. Not memorable, though. Mm-hmm. Um and that's no fun. No, Who wants to live life not that at way? all. <laughs> but yeah, I think at the from a technical perspective, I was more impressed with the film the second time around because mm-hmm. I had more mental and emotional capacity to notice those things, having already seen the story unfold. And it is so incredible what they've Mm -hmm. been able to do yeah and how expressive and how natural it all feels like none of it feels jerky or kind of unrealistic or like you feel like you're watching little figures move around like they the the way that the filmmakers have been able to capture natural human uh, facial expressions, behaviors, gestures, movements is, I mean, it's incredible. I haven't seen anything like it. Yeah, I think there's definitely a reason why we haven't seen anything like it. Because that mm-hmm. would, I mean, the money and the time and the effort that was put into this film, like, oh my gosh, it must have been astronomical. Like, and yeah, I... Yeah, it's an absolutely phenomenally made film and my my heart 100% went out to the the <laughs> the creators who had to like labor over this and pour their blood, sweat and tears into this thing. Um man, it truly was incredible. Yeah. But I can see why this had to be funded differently because i mean if i were an executive i wouldn't have taken a risk on this <laughs> so it, it it makes sense to me like it's not your traditional film um so it had to get made mm. by a little bit different means mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i think the 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 filmmaker's ability to intimately know the nuances of how we express ourselves as humans is 
wildly impressive to me because I was thinking about a lot of the the scenes in the film, if you were to put a real human in there, it's you give them an emotion to to emote in that instance and they can do it. And it's it comes natural because we're human beings and we know how to express a lot of human um, emotion. But to do that and know exactly the timing and the nuances of a, a clay figure's gestures to replicate that, I think is a different level of commitment to observing human beings that intimately. I mean, I, this is something that I absolutely love that filmmakers are able to do. I raved about this on our eighth grade review, the way that Bo Burnham was able to so perfectly capture the the awkwardness of that time period and the the quirks so well. And But that was done with a human being, a, a middle school girl in the flesh who you could kind of coach and um, and guide her in, but ultimately it's a human being able to to emote human emotion that either she's felt or she can empathize with. But to to get little clay figures to do <laughs> that same thing to this level of detail is beyond what I thought could be possible. I mean, I I would love to have learned more about what their process was for like how do you even begin to go about studying that and and then portraying that in an accurate way and how many revisions and tweaks and edits are they making to the the way that her hand falls on her lap or the the fabric on her dress or her skirt folds at the right moment like it's beyond me yeah, this was one of those that I wish they had done a lot more, like, behind-the-scenes <laughs> yeah. stuff. I was like, you know, this is a completely missed opportunity that you had here. Like, you could have gotten so many people so interested in this and in this medium and appreciating this um, type of art uh, if you had just given us a little bit more, because you're right. It's absolutely incredible. Like, I can... As I was watching, I was imagining, like, okay, how would you have, like, storyboarded this, basically? Mm -hmm. Like, you would have had to show every single action. And so, like, okay, I'm going to go into a hotel room. I'm going to take this many steps. And then I'm going to do this in this way. And, like, you'd have to, like, I don't know. Like, I just wonder, like, were they just, like, going into a hotel room and, like, okay, just go in like normal and I'm just gonna observe what the hell you do and like mm -hmm. they I yeah I just wanted to know so much more about their process because mm -hmm. you're right it truly is incredible what they were able to achieve and to know like for each frame to know how to mm -hmm. tweak the the clothing or the facial expression or the hand in the right way and then to have the the like 10,000 foot view to see how all of those tweaks will then flow together is, I, I mean, this is not CGI technology driven. There's I'm sure lots of technology involved in it, but at the end of the day, it's human beings tweaking tiny figurines and stringing together um, uh, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of shots. I mean, it's beyond me. I just, I, the technical ability there combined with the the intimate level that 
you had to have understood how human beings emote is is it's just such an interesting combination yeah i i wonder i wonder if we're going to see more things like this pop up probably not, probably not you know yeah. feature length films but you know it gives you an appreciation for you know, some of the other times that it'll randomly pop up and, you know, in shorts and stuff like that. So I just, yeah, I think it's not as, while it's beautiful and it's so like precious as an art form, it's just not as, um, I don't know, financially Mm -hmm. wise to choose that medium to create a film in. Yeah. Which is a shame because I, I mean, those creators deserve, you know, recognition and accolades and all of the things for what they do. Um, I'm just not sure that we'll get much more of them. But you do bring up an interesting point that kind of re- connects with what you were talking about earlier, which is if they were to go down this route, there would there would be a cl- need to be a clear pitch or a reason to do it this way. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there's a reason that we're not farming with our hands now, but we're using machines because it just inherently is more efficient to, to do it in this way. And art is a little bit different, but like there's got to be some sort of specific artistic choice to go this route and Mm -hmm. to justify it. Yeah. And I, I can't think of one like, off the top of my head where you know telling a story specifically in this medium would enhance it instead of detract from it or distract from it um yeah it would have to be a very unique case Mm -hmm. for this to get greenlit yeah I agree I I still stand by the fact that I think this works really well with the meta point around it being a claymation um a film about what it means to be human with non-human figurines emoting is really fascinating to me. Um, but you're right, from a financial and business perspective, probably doesn't make sense. Especially when a lot of the film is set in a hotel, in a hotel room, like production budget is low there as well. Mm-hmm. There's like uh, maybe a couple actors and some extras in here. You know what I mean? They could have made this I'm sure for probably much lower human effort from a like just technical perspective. Oh yeah, it would have cost next to nothing to make it with humans, but I think like reading up on the uh the creators of this, like they wouldn't have gone mm-hmm. for that. Like yeah. <laughs> They're weird people, so they were gonna do something weird, uh, you know, which I which I respect. I'm like, okay, that was your vision, that was your thing, cool, you did it, you did it in a way that honored your original vision, that you weren't willing to compromise. Like, that's cool, good for you. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely probably a once in a lifetime movie. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. So, uh, never thought that we would see clay figurines having sex. Nope. Never sure thought didn't. that would be a thing that I would see in my lifetime. <laughs> yep. 
and incredibly realistically as well for much longer than you ever planned for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All very yep. fascinating. I just kept like waiting. I was like, okay, it's been a minute. They're going to cut away. Nope. They're nope. not going to cut away. Okay. It's been another minute. They're going to cut away. Nope. Okay. We're doing this. I did not need this in my life. There's a lot okay. of moments like that where they, they, the film forces you to spend time in a place that you don't want to spend time. The, and the moment is longer than you want it to be. For mm-hmm. example, the whole, I think, opening 15 minutes of just being in that hotel room with Michael as he arrives and things like that lasts far longer than I think we generally as viewers have the patience for because of the rest of the films that we typically see and the pace that they go at. But I, I think that it it's – that is the point is that we are to just sit in this moment of – emptiness with him and his feeling of numbness and that eeriness with it as well like we are meant to sit in that with him yeah I I could see that I I think I was more focused on like hmm when I go into a hotel room what are the first things that I do (laughs) so like trying to like like check the little things off of my list of what do I do when I go into a hotel room but um Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's definitely setting that baseline of this is a, a mundane guy in a mundane life just trying to get through the day and you're just in it with him for a few moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, him, his character is incredibly fascinating to me. Um, he is 0% likable. There's, I don't think, anything that makes us feel for him in any way. Uh, but he his speech at the end of the film is so ironic because he's talking about what it means to be human what does it mean to be alive that we should see every person around us in our lives as a human being with a story and a childhood and yet throughout the film we see him just barrel through his life without any regard for the people that are in that his life his his wife and his kid and the the cab driver he's so frustrated by and the person that's sitting next to him on the plane he's so frustrated by like he craves something that he himself inherently will never be able to get because of the way that he is wired and the way that he sees the world yet it's something that he so much desires and that it's it really is a tragedy because he he just is incapable of experiencing that because of his self-centeredness. So, I was again, like I was confused the whole time. Um and just like wondering why he was in a, a state where everybody sounded the same and looked the same. Um and so, like, part of me was like, okay, is this an actual, like, like mental disorder that mm-hmm. he's dealing with? Is this a metaphor? What's going on here? Um, so that was another instance where I, I didn't know what to take away from this because I didn't know what the root cause of this weird component of the story was. Um, 
And I think during his speech, honestly, I don't remember anything that he said during his speech. And I watched the film yesterday. So I just remember while he was talking, I was going, what is wrong with you? Like, yeah. stop it. Stop talking. Get off the stage. This is not professional. You're not doing a good job. So, like, I couldn't focus on, again, like, I couldn't connect with the, like, deeper emotional meaning from the character um, just because of, like, everything else that was going on. I was unable to to pull those greater themes from it just because I was focused on different things Mm -hmm. yeah no he he does have it is a syndrome it is a disorder uh Mm -hmm. it's called Fergoli syndrome uh, which is coincidentally the name of the hotel uh not so coincidentally I'm sure that was intentional but it is it is the disorder that he has where he thinks that everyone is the same person so there is that does he have that or is it a metaphor I think and so, it's like, both. that's another yeah, one that it's... I was like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> yeah, I think it serves both purposes. Like, I don't think it's meant to be taken, li- like, incredibly literally. But it is kind of a metaphor for the fact that, like, it it it, it shows his isolation and his mm-hmm. inability to connect with anyone and his desperation to latch onto the first thing that feels warm to him. Um but ultimately, like, he is so unable to to love that person. Um, that that person, too, soon begins to fade into the, the background of the monotony of, of everything else. And, like, another element that confused me with his relationships was, like, how did he end up with a wife and a kid if – he's this way like I wanted to know his backstory more than what he was currently going through because like Mm -hmm. how if if has he always had this where he's always seen everybody the same if so then why did he choose this woman and I would imagine he is emotionally awful with her so like why is she continuing to put up with this too or if he didn't always have this yeah at the end she like blows up on him because she puts in so much effort to throw this whole party for him and she asks him like do you realize that all of these people love you like you clearly don't and you have Mm -hmm. no care for it at all yeah so like that was that was probably the one character that I was like you go girl that's real good (laughs) Yeah. But, like, I just – I had so many more questions than answers, and I don't think in a good way. Mm-hmm. Like, there are some movies where you walk away and you have questions, but it's it's intentional and it's good. And I think just because of how I watch things, I was asking questions that the filmmakers didn't intend for me to ask, so then I walked away – feeling like I don't know just confused and thrown off by the whole thing and just left wondering Mm -hmm. yeah it's just fascinating because we you and I experience films very differently because Mm -hmm. I didn't have any of those questions and it's the same thing with Hunt for the Wilder People like there's things that you were hung up on that I just didn't didn't think twice about like I'm along for the ride um, mm-hmm. 
but there's movies like Mother that I just have ugh, no appetite for <laughs> at all, um, but that you love. So it's it's the more it's the most fun, honestly, and the most interesting when we don't see the, the see eye to eye. Yes, you yep. know, like we've had. There's been plenty of episodes where we watch a film that we both adore or that we both are ready to roast, and it's. It's cool to find like what we're more passionate about roasting on or more passionate and excited about. But um, these are more interesting because it's inherently humbling for us all to realize that it's not that you're right or I'm right or that person's right or not. Even with the, the reviews that you read online, like it's just – it's a personal experience of a, a story and of art and like we – there's a reason we all see it so differently. And it's so it's so cool to see when that happens. Very explicitly in situations, for example, like this, where we see super differently on something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think it it reveals like so much about us and how we see the world. And mm-hmm. I I was very aware of that while while reading the reviews, just because I I don't connect with the story emotionally. Like I just I don't. I I I look at it um critically first, always. Mm-hmm. And so by by doing that, I am sometimes deprived of some of the experiences that most people have with watching a movie, but usually I appreciate things in a different way than some people. So like, I was just, I was very keenly aware of that while reading through reviews and going, man, we just experienced two very different things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. And it's the reason why like certain, some like something someone says to you is received super differently than if it was said to somebody else, right? There's like Mm -hmm. triggers and um, background stories to things that just will shade how you receive that. And really a movie is just lots of things being thrown at you and you coding them and receiving them and putting them into buckets and understanding them and whatever organizing principle that your brain operates in um, <laughs> to put it super like cut and dry. Uh, so it is, it is fascinating. Yeah. Man. Okay. What else did you love about this movie that I just didn't understand? Let's see. Um, One of the things that I thought was interesting is the ending. It's something that I didn't really remember from the first time around when Lisa writes the letter to Michael and she's like cruising in the car with the wind blowing in her hair. I don't Mm -hmm. remember that at all from the first time around. Um, Mm. And I think it's the last shot of the film. And what I took away or I was trying to figure out like what is that meant to – how does that fit in with the rest of the story? And I'm curious your perspective, but I read it as, like, this is a cycle. Like, the previous girlfriend that he had also went through the almost identical experience with him where 
there was a connection, there was this level of intimacy, whether physical or emotional. And ultimately, the reason that it didn't work for Michael and the previous his ex is because she too turned into the the uh, monotone voice. And so for me, that ending shot, while it's lit with all these gold tones and the sun's streaming and she's writing this what seems to be like a a, a therapeutic letter of like, it's great what we had. I kind of read that as like, this is, this is a cycle for this man that is it's not going to be broken because he's so far in his own world and this is, this is, it's like, this is just going to keep happening. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I think, so, with his previous relationships, my question, like, it didn't ever occur to me that with either his girlfriend or his wife, that they ever had a different voice. Mm -hmm. I was like, were you so lonely that you were like, well, we'll try this person, even though they sound and look like just everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like in my mind, that's how he got hooked up with them. So like the idea of he went through this cycle before is interesting. Mm. Um, and then with, with Lisa, I took it as her, her character growing um, because I was annoyed with her the entire time. I knew time. you would be. I knew you oh would be. Oh my god. I was so frustrated. I was just like, oh, no. Ugh, let's just, I, we'll find you a good counselor. We'll, we'll get you like working through these things. Like we, we can, we can get better. We don't have mm-hmm. to do this, but we had to do this. Um, so like, and the fact that you could see her scar, like for the first time, then like to me like that was like okay so she is growing and she is evolving as a human being even though this guy is a selfish asshole who's just never going to change so like I didn't (laughs) I I didn't focus on him in that scene I focused on Mm, her interesting the fact that she would hopefully grow from this experience instead of retreating further into her her own self and her own insecurities mm-hmm. and her lack of self-esteem and for this yeah. to continue to pile on to that. Yeah. I think it, what's fascinating about these two characters is that they are so unlikable and mm-hmm. most of the characters that we get on screen are the best of us or they're relatable in some way and um, they're going through struggles and they have flaws, but there's something that connects us to them that that garners our sympathy to be extended out towards them, right? Like that's that's why certain characters work really well and why we get invested into the story and whatnot. And I can see how both of these characters being so unlikable kind of creates a barrier for that connection because I felt that a lot with Uncut Gems. But mm. I, what in a weird way really worked for me is that these two characters, their whole relationship – felt like this 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 like clanging of a cowbell warning of like this is what it looks like when two people that are so lost are trying to figure out how to like fulfill this ache that they both have in a way that just destroys both of them 
even more and will hurt both of them even more. Um, and I think his, his, Michael's desperation for connection kind of made me at least look at the real relationships that I have in my life and feel like I wanted to hold on to them even tighter and closer and to invest in them and to be better than, and to ensure that life doesn't become this isolated, mundane, monotonous, just drudgery, you know? Um, and so that was, it was, it was fascinating to see a film that was so opposite of anything that I wanted life to be and was so devoid of, of warmth and of hope that it actually made me look at my own life and want to hold on to those like people that are inspiring and um, that are alive and passionate and filled with life so much more closely and to hold them hold them close you know um it's almost like a perfect example of like we we don't know how good we have it until we see how bad it really could be you know um so this film kind of served that purpose for me and what i it was a takeaway that i i um left with but i can see how that same takeaway that worked really well for me just turns people off because it's not a hopeful story it's not fun none of the characters are inspiring and it doesn't really offer that much at the end for you to be like okay there's something some sort of glimmer of light there there's not there really is none of it and i appreciate how like in the beginning um like you see him like take out the the note that was written to him and so maybe at first you might have like a little bit of like compassion or like intrigue toward him. Like, okay, he doesn't have like a great relationship with his family. So like, maybe this was like written by his, his wife who he's estranged from, but like might get to see her. And then you find out like it's an ex-girlfriend and it's like, Oh man, you are just such a douche. And yeah. You're still married. Oh Lord Jesus. Like it, I, I appreciate how, you have these little moments of hope and then they're completely dashed by the character's actions. Mm -hmm. um, just making him an utter asshole. And then everybody that doesn't know him um, kind of like reveres him. Like, yes. Wow, which is such so a fascinating. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. How you can be revered and yet not fully known. And also mm -hmm. the way that like our culture will revere people that like are just big personalities to us. I mean, with this whole Instagram influencers age that we're living in, like we don't know really other than what they put out. Yeah. And it's so tempting to like maintain that, that outward facade. And I mean, it's true. Like you hurt the people that you're closest to and that you're supposed to love the most. And mm -hmm. it's so easy to, maintain that like perfect public persona um but when you're you know behind closed doors it's something completely different um yeah this film portrays that like dissonance Perfectly. within oneself really really well yeah yeah there's this really fascinating part of this book written by susan kane i believe it's called it's called quiet 
on introversion and how it's incredibly misunderstood by modern times and all this stuff. But one of the things that she discusses is that the rise of television ushered in an era where we valued personality more than character. Whereas Mm, in previous eras, we valued integrity and like what you did when no one was watching is what deemed you valuable and the the quality of you as a human rested on that and now because of these big personalities and the rise of celebrity and now instagram influencers and youtubers like we value charisma and personality far more and i think this film like really captures that well because we see him in his most intimate quietest moments and well, we don't like what we see. It's ugly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that he's like some guru in like the customer service oh industry just like makes it even funnier. Like you are such a jerk, bro. And like you're teaching people how to be like nice in a customer service environment. Like oh exactly. Gosh, the, the irony of it is oh, just yeah wonderful the irony of his entire speech around really seeing every person around you as a human being Mm -hmm. and he exhibited none of that when no one was looking i mean on the plane on the the cab he's just so cold and short-tempered man all right anything else that you wanted to mention more uh, more confusion to add to the uh, already yeah it's just just all the confusion um one thing that really did fascinate me about this was that it was funded by kickstarter mm-hmm. and so again amongst my researching i was like okay these are the people that funded it i'm gonna find the original kickstarter and i'm gonna read people's comments because clearly they love something about this movie and concept maybe they'll help me understand so like i go to the kickstarter i start looking through the comments and i found something interesting and it's a problem with this whole kickstarter model because the there are comments even like a few months ago of people who backed this film didn't receive what was promised and are now demanding their money back. And the comments are just littered with angry people who supported and like loved the idea of this movie who are now hurt and angry by it because the, the, the people making it didn't fulfill their end of the bargain. So it's just, it was such an interesting thing to look at to me. Cause like, I love the idea that, you know, creative people can go to these uh, like crowdfunding sites and these different avenues and get backing from people so that they can bring their work of art to life. Like that idea is just so cool to me. Mm-hmm. And then to see a it film fail. be so <laughs> successful and people be so hurt by the result is uh, I'm just I'm so intrigued. I want to go find more examples like this and see other films that might have been crowdfunded and what happened because of it. You're right. There's a reason why it's not widely done yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something about the the system and the process has not 
caught caught fire quite yet. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it's 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 this potential way to like go around the system in a way, mm-hmm. and you know, for creators to to interface directly with the people consuming their film, which is also very fascinating, but it adds a whole nother level of responsibility that I don't know that creatives are necessarily thinking of when they're creating a product. And so I think as much as like we, we rail against like the business side of Hollywood, there's a piece of it that I think is still like valued and needed, even in this like, um, crowdfunding way of creating art well and the other tricky thing is that when the minute that the average joe puts money down on something Mm -hmm. there's an expectation of the film being what they thought or imagined or um something being like able to be personal for them right and Mm -hmm. When we go and see film in theaters, we know that someone somewhere else has made decisions and we are solely on the consumption side. So mm-hmm. the challenge of figuring out how to make the these much the much larger pool of people happy with what the end product looks like is feels kind of like an impossible task. Yeah, if you're trying to make everybody happy, you're gonna make no one happy. Mm-hmm. Yep. As evidenced by Rise of Skywalker. Hey, good job. <laughs> Star Wars reference. Well, well done. <laughs> Snuck that one in. All right, in the nick of time. Yeah, that was real good. The end. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we have thoroughly talked about Sarah's confusion and my love of this film. <laughs> um, this was our review of Anomalisa. It is a stop motion claymation by Charlie Kaufman. It's divisive, so I hope that intrigues you. Um, we're curious if you love it or if you hate it. And if you're somewhere in between and lukewarm, I'm intrigued. I would love to meet you because it's hard to be, I think, lukewarm about a film that is so out there the way that this one is. So um, we will be back next week with another episode. We hope you guys have an amazing week. <laughs>